Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The pro basketball playoffs are here, and PropSwap is where real sports bettors find the best odds and turn the hardwood into hard cash. PropSwap is the only app that allows you to pick your favorite teams now and then sell your bet whenever you want. And the best part? It's all from your phone. You never even need to touch the ticket. We all make sports bets to make money, and many prop swappers make thousands of dollars in just one month just from buying and selling bets. This allows you to win over and over without your team ever lifting the trophy. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. And now, the Odyssey 2022 Hockey Playoff Special. Welcome back. It's Michael Jenkins along with Lindsey Brown. If you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe and follow the Odyssey 2022 Hockey Playoff Special wherever you listen to your podcasts. Lindsey, I was not expecting to come back with breaking hockey news in the middle of a podcast, but here Mm -hmm. we go. Barry Trotz has been let go by the New York Islanders. I cannot believe this. Made the conference finals two years straight. Did not make the playoffs this past season with the Owls. Kind of a lost season for the Islanders for myriad reasons. And yet, Barry Trotz, I consider one of the best in the game. What is your reaction here? I'm shocked. I'm I'm honestly shocked. And And you're right. It's not just because of his championship pedigree or the fact that he's been able to find so much success in New York so far. It's that... The style of hockey that he coaches is so synonymous in a lot of ways with what Lou Lamarillo looks for as as the GM of the Islers, as the the GM of the New, New Jersey Devils for so many years. I mean, that's why he goes out and signs Zach Parise because that's my boy. I named him captain years ago. I'm going to go get him. I'm going to bring him from the Minnesota <laughs> yeah. Wild after he gets let go. And I the only I'm, I'm this is all speculation because I wasn't in this uh, in this conversation obviously and uh, it's not bugged. But when he was leaving Washington, or after Washington won the Cup, he was still under contract technically. It was, he was in the yep. final year of his deal. They win the Cup, and if you win the Cup, he gets an automatic two-year extension. But he didn't want the two-year extension because it didn't come with that big of a pay raise. I'm looking at a tweet from Pierre Lebrun just a couple of years ago. Pay raise was only 300 k in his salary, and he was already making only $1.5 million at that time, so it would bump up to one point eight. What he is making at the New York Islanders is $4 million. Like, and that's why he left, because he knew he could get – much more being a, the most recent Stanley Cup winning coach on this bit. And so I'm wondering if he's if he's seeing a little bit of the writing on the wall that the Islanders are probably not 
going to be able to recapture that glory that they've been able to see these last couple of years in those shut down, defensively strong type of playing, especially when we saw like such a, a, a down year for like the, from the Matthew Barzels and stuff like that. And then you have to look at all of the jobs that are available right now because we are seeing so much turnover in the NHL. Like the first team that came to my mind, I'm like, if I'm Steve Eiserman and I don't already have like one of my boys in Detroit, I mean, he has lots of boys and lots of other yeah. uh, ideas of how he wants to run a team. I don't know if he wants to play two to one hockey games, but I definitely give Barry Trotz a call to help guide a young squad. Or maybe it's like Philadelphia because they can't get their stuff figured out and they need somebody that's a little bit more of a steadied presence and plays a more defensively sound game after they're used to giving up so many goals and, and lopsided losses. I mean, it's like one of the Mount Rushmorean coaches just becoming available for no reason. Yeah, unless it comes out that for some reason Barry Something Trotz happened. Wanted, wanted out. Yeah, I, I don't. This seems to be it has to be some sort of personality conflict or something, which is kind of what happened in D.C. And I know you touched on it, but the Caps won the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. They did not want to pay Barry Trotz, so he left. The Capitals have not been past the first round ever since. He turns around. He goes to Long Island and immediately takes the worst defensive team in the National Hockey League, makes them the best defensive team. And this year, between starting off the season on like a 13-game road trip, they had COVID issues. Yeah, that's right. And and really not a lot of talent either. This just feels like if it was just a decision on the Islanders' side, it seems like a pretty poor decision to make. But you're right. It won't be long before Barry Trotz. In fact, his phone is probably ringing right now. Let's get back to our Stanley Cup playoff special. The Isles not in the playoffs, and we'll see what they do from here on out at head coach. But when you look at regular season versus postseason, are you seeing any differences or something that has stood out to you where you say, okay, this is a team that's stepping up. This is a player that's performing better that I didn't anticipate. I mean, I'm I'm seeing a lot of those multi-goal comebacks, and you're seeing it from guys in like the third, fourth lines, or even defensemen. And and the mm-hmm. way that I've, or at least the notes that I was trying to take yesterday, of like, why is this happening? Why are we seeing different goals from different people? Because you would think when it's best on best, the the lower lines cancel each other out. But why is that? And why is it this particular formula this year? And with so much power play time being allocated out. I that scrambles the lines so much because you're going to put your best players out there because they give you the best chance to score. So sometimes mm-hmm. that means I'm going to send Alexander Ovechkin out there for 13 minutes this period. I know that's probably an unrealistic number and I'm terrible at math versus like an eight minute uh, shift time for a period because of just power play time. So he's tired, but then also the guys that are pl- usually playing 5v5 regular shift, they're cold. They're sitting on the bench. Your your, your blood's you know stagnating mm-hmm. as you're there. And so it's really hard to find your your flow and, and your energy if you're not able to capture that right away. I mean, I think the Kings and Oilers series they were saying last night is the most important for whoever scores the goal first usually goes on to win. And it seems like an obvious stat to kind of pull out. Well, it's like, well, you're an advantage. But now you're not the one chasing. You're the one in the driver's seat, and you're the one that's able to really manage those minutes and maybe get goals from the lower lines because those guys have been playing more. Those guys are feeling more of themselves, at least in this particular game. Every game is its own kind of encapsulation. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's affected the the totals as well, whereas mm-hmm. going in, I thought unders would be the play. But right now, the over is sitting at a pretty good clip, 17, 10, and 1. And even now, we're seeing some 6.5 totals on the board. I really thought that we would see that traditional, okay, it's playoff hockey, yeah. unders are the play. And why is that? Because we're going to see more physical. Teams are going to tighten up. And I think we've kind of seen the opposite thus far, where – you mentioned there's been so many power plays and referees have called a lot of different penalties. And when you have that, 
then all of a sudden you get your shooters out there on the ice. Mm -hmm. It stops the clock a little bit and you have more time for more goals to be scored. And I think that's what we've seen. Yeah, and then once you see like these big goal totals happen too, I mean, when you're on the uh, the wrong side of that, you have to capture momentum in some way, shape, or form right towards the end of the game to try to at least spark the team for that next uh, outing. And so you're seeing a lot of extracurriculars. You're seeing a lot of uh, fighting after the whistle. And when you have that distraction, it's real. you can see it in the play. You can see it in how guys are able to go out attentively like at defensemen and they'll sag back a little bit or they'll give up a little bit more space. And when you give up more space, more time and space in today's game that is built for smaller guys to have creativity in small spaces. And if you give them more than they need, they're going to be able to take advantage of it. Yeah, it's so fascinating to watch. Do you think this is something we see for the remainder of the postseason or as we go on, we start to see these numbers tighten up a little bit? I would think because of what we generally see historically that we will see some of these six and a halfs come off the board. Like mm-hmm. the Flames and the Stars have been about five and a half goals total nearly every single game because that's the type of defense that Dallas plays. They like yep. to play those close games. But in the other matchups, even tonight, we have a couple of six and a halfs on the board. Do you think that changes after a few games? I think it does. As we get into these elimination games that people know, the, the best way to get in front of pucks is to get in front of pucks and block shots down. And that's exactly what the LA Kings did last night to help uh, beat the Edmonton Oilers. That's exactly what the Dallas Stars are doing. I mean, they're relying a little bit more heavily on Jake Ottinger's uh, athletic style and their forecheck. But when you're a team that knows that they're not the more talented group, but they play a hard-nosed style the entire regular season, I like those teams better than the ones yeah. that had more success in the regular season because they now have to make it a adjustment they now have to play a style of game that maybe isn't their most natural uh pacing and then when you add like leadership in some of those more hardcore teams like the uh, uh Jamie Benz of the Dallas Stars I mean it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out how to keep the the best players to the outside and uncomfortable and that's why you can see some of these scores maybe dampening down I think we will see the players themselves keeping their sticks down more approaching checks a little less sloppily and so maybe there won't be as many penalties needed to be called because there's a difference between a tripping penalty because you're on mm-hmm. a breakaway versus going on the four check and standing up two feet early so your stick gets lifted and it hits the person in the face like those are just like little things you have to bear down on that separate the the true contenders from the knots and who's willing to pay the price within the actual game itself Yeah, and then when you talk about how there's more goals, what does that mean? It means the offensive stars on these respective teams have gone off during the playoffs. So the Oilers are a perfect example. It's been this culmination of part of it is a new head coach. So when they have an interim head coach who gets in there, switch up the style, and then all of a sudden, you know, Dreisaitl and McDavid are going off like we thought they would do most of the season. Well, the Oilers are one of those teams that have benefited from A, a new interim head coach, but also the fact that games are being called much looser than we anticipated. They've gone from seventh goal scored during the regular season. Now they're first in the playoffs. The Canes and Lightning were eighth and ninth in goals scored respectively. Now they're tied for fourth. The Lightning, another example where they have so many guys who can put the puck in net. So if the officials are going to allow these guys to play, then these offensive stalwarts are going to rise to the top. And we're seeing that on a handful of teams. Do you think this is good for hockey, though? Like, Because I know that casual fans usually jump on the bandwagon during the playoffs because it's the it's the best playoffs out of any sport. I don't care what yeah. anybody says. But I wonder if this is more of that concerted effort to get scoring up, and we can go into detail about all the different ways that why that's happening. But do you think this bodes better, or do you think this is going to kind of alienate what most people do expect for Stanley Cup playoffs? I think it'll be fine because it's not out of control just yet. And also yeah. I think when you look at the Avs and Preds, for example – 
we know how good the Avs are, and they're just dominating the Predators, even though they needed overtime in Game 2. But overall, once they get deeper in the playoffs, if they win this series, and I think they should, then I think we'll see some of these numbers come down. But I think as long as we're not seeing 11-4, to 4, you know, 12-5, right. to 5, something ridiculous, we're just seeing really talented offensive teams go in, play well. And also, this isn't... It's just an old-time hockey where you got the first two lines are great and everyone else is terrible. Now these guys are coming in and they're so talented from all over the world. You have talent on the third and fourth lines that can also score. That's very true. That is incredibly true. And and that's something that has truly emerged probably in the last like three to four seasons. And and I think that's just the surge of a lot of uh, of just, just this generation, uh, or at least the newest generation, and, and how skill-oriented their upbringing has been, their development mm-hmm. period has been. And so the league had to create the environment for them to thrive. And now that they've arrived here, there's enough of them sprinkled around. Like like you said, it's not so top-heavy. You can find these skill guys who are trying to prove themselves. And and that's that's how they rise through the ranks. Really. I mean, that's like Jordan Carew for the St. Louis Blues or like the Jason Robertsons for the, the Dallas Stars. I mean, these guys are like 21, 22 years old. And they're scoring two, three goals a night and just like going out there playing free and whatever. Like, I, I think there's like a permissibility that's also a little bit more present in this league that hasn't been in the past. But this is part of that transformation. I mean, that's why you can't stomp out the Trevor Zegerses of this world because right. he is going to be the future and, and the face of this league because these are the ki- these are the way that kids are playing now. Yeah, there's just so much more skilled than there used to be. Mm-hmm. We don't have just a couple goons on those back lines. You have to worry about scoring up top. There's a lot of guys who can get it done. For more hockey playoff analysis, continue to follow Jenks and Lindsay on Twitter at JenksDC and at LindsayBrown35. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 